Well, I realize it's already been said, but we just want to reiterate and repeat, Happy Mother's Day, moms. We sure are glad you're with us today, and um, hope this day is special for you, and uh, that you get a chance to celebrate with your loved ones in, in some way. I know that sometimes distance keeps that from happening in the way that we want it to, but um, I pray that you're encouraged this Mother's Day. In case I forget to say it at the end here, we have uh, a gift that we'd like to give you as we dismiss um, this morning, and so make sure on your way out that you grab one of those, just as a, as a small token of our appreciation for what you mean as moms and the work that you do um, and the blessing that you are. We're continuing our, our study that we're calling Theology on Mission, and we're going to be in 1 John today, if you want to turn there, First uh, John chapter 1. And um, as you're finding your, your place there, the, the title that uh, of what we're going to share today is, is the doctrine of revelation. God speaks. Our God is a communicating God. Our God is a, a God who, who has come and, and has something to share with us and longs for us to hear him. He's a God who speaks. Theologians call this the, the doctrine of divine revelation. And uh, being that it's Mother's Day, uh, I, I want to I just do something interactive here briefly, and you can kind of shout out some answers from where you are. But I was thinking about all the different ways, and my own, my own mom is here this morning, and I get a chance to, to see her on Mother's Day, which is special. Um, but I was thinking about all the different ways that, that moms communicate. Uh, moms have developed uh, a series of looks that their kids understand in vast volumes can be communicated through a simple look. Um, <clears throat> I don't want to go too far down that rabbit trail. We don't want people throwing their moms under the bus. So we'll stay positive. And I want to just take a minute uh, to ask, what are ways that your mom communicated to you that she loved you? How did you know, or what were times and moments that, that you knew that mom was saying, I love you? What were some things that your, your mom, or as a mom, that you do to show your love? Baking goodies. Baking goodies. Amen to that. Others. What was that? <laughs> All right. Never had that. Never heard of it. But <laughs> She doesn't yell at you. All right. Wow, that's love right there. Way to go, Mom. <laughs> Did you give her a cut of your proceeds? <laughs> Others, how do, how do you? Wow, yeah, that's love right there, staying up late. <laughs> what, what, what was that I heard over here? Clothes. Wow, wow. Making clothes. <laughs> Matching clothes. I heard another one over here. Yeah? What were you going to say? <laughs> so th there's that look of affection that just that communicates uh, how precious you are. Others. 
God's great love. Just being present. Taking us to church on this Sunday morning. Amen. Taking you to church. Any others? <laughs> Picking you up at the local precinct. I think this is a story I haven't heard, Tom, so we're going to talk later. That's, this, sounds, this sounds good. <laughs> Any others? These are great. Yeah. And what's, what's amazing is that, you know, unfortunately, a lot of times as kids, we don't, we don't recognize this. We just take it all for granted, right? A lot of times it's not till we are older or even have our own kids that we see these acts of love, um, just subtle ways. Any others? <laughs> Being the church bus, huh? <laughs> That's great. I see, a, I see a theme, Cindy, just <laughs> picking up. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's what you think. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I appreciate you guys sharing those. Make sure you take some time if, if your mom is still, still with you, uh, that you just uh, show her appreciation and you communicate back to her how much uh, those, those things, those acts of love meant. I, I'm so thankful for my mom for a lot of reasons, but one of them sort of tied to what Butch, Butch shared is just her teaching us the Word of God and having us faithfully memorize Scripture with our Awana program that we were in and later on in our quiz team and, and just making sure that we were in the Word. And uh, there were probably times where I did it with grumbling and wasn't excited for that to be a part of my day, but I'm so thankful now. So thanks, Mom. Um, you know, as we talk about having a, a, a mom or a dad that, and the ways that they communicate their love for us, we, we know that it's, it's varied. It doesn't just have to be a spoken word. Well, in the same way, our God communicates to us, His people, in a variety of ways. And we want to just talk about that a little bit this morning as we think about the, the doctrine of revelation that our God speaks. The first thing I want us to realizes that our God is a communicating God. This is what He does. This is who He is. He's chosen to interact with His people. And I want to just, just read four verses briefly out of 1 John. And we're going to touch on a couple other scriptures here, but um, I, I want us to see together uh, the, uh, just the profound nature of what these verses say. And, and, and in reality, there's actually a lot in these verses that we're not going to be able to cover but there's a few things that I want us to hone in on. So 1 John chapter 1 in the first four verses. What was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have observed and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. That life was revealed and we have seen it and we testify and declare to you the eternal life that was with the Father and was revealed to us. What we have seen and heard, we also declare to you, so that you may also have fellowship with us, and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. John, of course, is talking about his interaction with Jesus Christ, 
And he wants to let the believers here know through this letter just how powerful the life and the message of Jesus Christ is and the, the, the implications of who he is and what he has done, how they trickle down into the life of the church. And again, there's so much in these verses, and then it, it, it really spills over into the rest of the chapter and the rest of the book. But I, I want us to just look here briefly at that phrase in verse, uh, verse, let's see here, verse 2. He says, that life was revealed. And we have seen it and we testify and declare to you the eternal life that was with the Father and was revealed to us. That really gets at the heart of God's uh, nature on these things. God is a God who is a revealing God. That, that word in the Greek means to become known, to disclose, to show something, to, to make known, to cause something to be seen. Through Jesus, God was revealed, was unveiled, was made known to you and to I. Not just to the original disciples, not just to those who lived and could touch him like John did and writes about here, but to all of us. Jesus has made God known, has unveiled him as it were. Our youngest is nine and he has the world's hardest time keeping a secret. When he has something, some good news, he cannot keep it to himself. And especially like around Christmas time. Or even like uh, this week, my wife and I were gone and uh, he's on the phone with us. And he desperately wanted my wife to know what he had gotten for her for Mother's Day. Like, there's, why we wait all the way till then? I want, I want to share this with you. This is something important to me, and I'm happy about it. And I want, I want you to know about it. Like, we can't, we can't tell him what his brothers got for Christmas, because they're going to know. He just is excited to share this, this joyous news that he's happy about. In the same way, our God is a God who loves to unveil his truth to us. He loves to show us who he is. He loves to show us his love. But we can't know who God is. This may seem like a, a no-brainer, but I want to say it. We can't know who God is unless God has decided to tell us who he is. One theologian uh, says that this doctrine of revelation is simply what human beings cannot tell themselves about God. Shirley Guthrie says revelation is simply how God finds us. It's a seeking God who reveals the ways that he acts, the, 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 his nature, and the way that he wants to redeem his people, and he reveals that to us. This is how God has always been. God always makes the first move. He always initiates the relationship. You, you, I mean, you could begin to walk through Scripture and just kind of go from Genesis on to the end. And, and you see this. Very from, from the very first words, Genesis 1.1. What does Genesis 1.1 say? In the beginning, God. He's, he starts off by speaking and communicating. And right off the bat in verse 3, it says, And then God said, let there be light. And, and then God said, you see that phrase repeated over and over again. At the, at the very outset of Scripture, it begins with God. 
And it begins with him pointing us to him and saying, here I am, I want to be known. Think about just a couple pages later, it, when Adam and Eve, when they sinned and they rebelled against God, and they, they went their own way and they disobeyed his one command that he gave them. What, what did they do? Where did they go? They were hiding, right? They made fig leaves and they were, they were trying to hide from God. And I love what Genesis 3.9 says, So the Lord God called out to man and said to him, Where are you? We see in Scripture that our God is a pursuing God. Our God is one who comes after us. He longs for us to know him. He wants to be known. He wants to be seen. Again, you could work your way out throughout Scripture. Abraham, in Genesis 12, 1. Abraham, when you read the story, Abraham was not a, a, a worshiper of God. He was not someone who was, was any, we, can't, we don't have any evidence that he was at all connected to the one true God of the Bible. And God pursued him. It says, and then the Lord said to Abram in Genesis 12, 1, and began that, re that relationship and made a promise to make a great nation, all because God came after him. God revealed himself to him. He wasn't Abram saying, hey, I think I would like to know this God. I think I would like to strike up a relationship with God. We can know God because he has chosen to reveal himself to us. Theologians divide up several ways as to how God communicates. We heard several ways as to how mom communicates her love toward you. There are probably some, we could probably get some pretty humorous answers as to how mom communicated you were in trouble. Uh, I don't want to go down that road here because we want to celebrate mom, not embarrass mom. Uh, but there were times when, I mean, again, a look, a certain word, maybe mom had a special name for you. <laughs> when you were in trouble, I had one. I'm going to share it just at risk of embarrassment. Um, I don't want anybody to use this at all, but uh, I knew that I was in trouble when I heard, the, like, the voice would change an octave, and it was Maya Lou. Well, my middle name is not Lou. I don't know where that came from, but uh, she couldn't even get all of Jeremiah out. Too many syllables, I think. It was Maya Lou. And I knew I was in trouble. I knew there was some business that was meant in that moment. Our God communicates in a variety of ways. One of which is through natural, what theologians call natural revelation. Now we, we may not use this phrase, but we know exactly what this is. This is Psalm 19. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the expanse proclaims the work of His hands. Day after day, they pour out speech. Night after night, they communicate knowledge. There is no speech. There are no words. Their voice is not heard. Their message has gone out to the whole earth, and their words to the ends of the world. I get goosebumps when I read that. Psalm 19 says that the heavens are proclaiming the glory of God. We, we see and hear this message in this voice. Even if we're not a Christian, we're not even a, a Christ follower, we recognize that there is something majestic when we see nature in its beauty. 
What are some of the ways, I want to just be interactive once again here, I want to just kind of hear your voice. What are some of the ways that you hear or see the heavens declaring the glory of God? Where do you go or where's some of your favorite places where you're just there with God? Morning sunrises. Man, yes. The lake. Church. All right. How do the heavens declare God's glory to you? Beautiful sunset. I wonder how long we were gonna, it was going to take for us to hear deer blind. Yeah. The rainbow, yes, yes. The fall colors, trees on fire. Man, that's it's amazing. I mean, the starry skies, you look up at night. Yeah, that nice, light, fluffy snow. Beautiful. Yeah, leaves us speechless when we see... Places like that. This is, this is what theologians call natural revelation. This is, this is God speaking through His acts, through His creation. It's so good of God, so kind of God that He's built in reminders of Himself in the world around us. St. Augustine said the book of created nature is such that even the illiterate should look carefully at it at top and bottom. Observe it. Read it. God did not make letters of ink for you to recognize him. He set before your eyes all the things he has made. Why look for a louder voice? Heaven and earth cries out to you, God made me. And God speaks this way so that we can be confronted with his existence and nature we recognize that we're not alone and we're not the ones in charge. When you stand before the, the Grand Canyon or you're before the majestic waves of a, of a stormy sea, you're not there proclaiming your greatness. You're not there shouting how awesome and powerful you are. We tend to go quiet in those moments and that's the right response reverence and awe. It reminds us that we're not in charge when we see God's glory painted throughout this earth. It reminds us that, that everything is not about me, that I am not self-sufficient. We could look at Romans chapter 1 and see how God uses this revelation to convict us even of our sin, to realize that there's someone out there that we're accountable to. But God in His grace knew that general revelation wasn't enough. And so there's what theologians call special revelation. And special revelation is simply God's unique revealing of Himself throughout history. Primarily when we talk about special revelation, we're talking about the Word of God. God has spoken through the Scriptures. We can know Him and have a relationship through Him with Him through His Word. God has revealed Himself in what He says. The, the truth that He has spoken... Sometimes I'll talk to Christians who so desperately want to know God's will and they want to hear a word from God and they wish that God was speaking audibly to them. 
And I, I just, I come back and I point, I point them to God's word. God has spoken. He has graciously communicated to us. We have the word of God in our own language. What a precious gift and treasure. Sometimes we spend so much time looking for these subjective extra experiences. And, and it's right here. God has spoken, and he's speaking through his word. You want to know God's will? You want to know what God says, what God thinks, how God feels about you? Turn to his word, the special revelation. G.I. Packer says, that, so in all its manifold contents, histories, prophecies, poems, songs, wisdom writings, sermons, statistics, letters, and whatever else should be received as from God. And all, all that Bible writers teach us should be revered as God's authoritative instruction. Christians should be grateful to God for the gift of his written word. In conscientious, conscientious in basing their faith in life entirely and exclusively upon it. Otherwise, we cannot ever honor or please him as he calls us to do. One of the words that stuck out to me there about that, from that quote is authority. When God speaks, we should listen. We don't get to just pick and choose. I mean, when mom uses or used that voice, that voice that brought the whole house into silence, like you knew that there was serious business. And you knew that if you didn't listen, there were going to be some consequences. Well, God speaks with authority infinitely more profound than mom's. With all due respect to mom's authority, when God speaks, we don't get the option of saying, nah, I don't think so. I'm not feeling it today. Thank you, God. When God speaks, we as his people should listen. And then just briefly, there's Christological revelation, which sort of falls under special revelation. But it's, it's Jesus coming into this earth. God has revealed himself in a special way through his son. John 1.18 says, no one has ever seen God. The one and only son who is himself God is at the Father's side. He has revealed him. Our kids... Um, some, some of us have, have kids. In fact, if you have multiple kids, you usually have at least one that does this, that, that um, tells a story with about as many unnecessary details as possible. You got a kid like that? It's, you're like, this story could be wrapped up in about 30 seconds, and we're on the 10 minutes, and it doesn't even seem like the plane has taken off yet. <laughs> we all know that like some messages are a bit more important than others. And sometimes when you have that child come in and they begin that story, you're like, okay, I'm going to listen because I, I want to be a good mom or dad, but holy cow, there's nothing here for me at all. Uh, but then there's those times when your kid comes running in and they say, mom, mom, dad, dad, you've got to come outside. And you hear the tone in their voice and the urgency, and you know that something's serious. There's a message that needs to be communicated, like urgently needs to be communicated. Jesus Christ is that urgent message, that message that rises above all others, that should transcend all the text messages we receive and everything that we're inundated with through social media and on the television. He is the revelation of God to us. 
The message about Jesus is a very big deal. It could not be a bigger deal. Briefly, I want to touch on why God communicates. First of all, God desires to be seen. The fact that God is a communicating God reveals it's His desire to move toward us. He desires to make Himself known. But it it reveals that He desires relationship. Revelation is not just about God or knowing stuff about God. We've said that over and over and over again. When we study theology, it's not just about getting smarter, being able to pass a, a more detailed quiz about God stuff. Doing theology is about knowing God more deeply. It's a personal summons to his covenant people. It's a relational summons. When I was in high school, we had a vice principal by the name of Mike O'Mara. And uh, he was an intense guy. And I got, as, I, as I graduated high school and met, interacted with him some outside of school, I realized that he was uh, not the way he was in school. He, he put on the tough guy routine in, in school. So everybody was terrified of him. And when you got a pass in class that had your name on it, and there was a box that said, Omera Now. <laughs> that was it, Omera Now. Fear gripped your heart. Because <laughs> you knew that there was a serious message that was going to be communicated. And nine times out of ten, it was not a pleasant message. And so if someone got one in the class, and, and you know, you look over and saw it, like, guys, it's Omera now. Everybody would just groan in this, like, collective empathy for the person as they, like, shuffle out of class. They knew that it was not going to be good news, that they were likely in trouble for something. And typically, that person knew what it was about. It was a personal summons, but here's the difference. It was never about a relationship. It was not a personal summons, an invitation into close relationship. It was to deal with an action, a disciplinary issue, which was his job. Not faulting him for that. I'm just trying to draw a contrast here. When when God speaks, it's a personal summons, and it's serious, and it's urgent, but it's always to draw us in and to draw us closer to himself. It's not him standing at a distance saying, you should stop doing this, and "Why why are you still doing that? And I'm really ticked off at you about this. Even in his rebukes, even in his confrontation of our sin, it's always to draw us close. It's never to stand afar off and say, knock it off. Now go to your room. But it's to draw us close and say, my child, I love you. You're choosing this way of rebellion. Turn to me. The reason that God communicates, J.I. Packer says, (laughs) is to make friends with us. God longs for you to hear his voice. God longs for you to be in a relationship with him. There's so much we could say, but time permits us from going much further here. So as we think about theology on mission, remember we're trying to tie theology into what it means not only in our personal relationship, but even more so in what it means for how we move towards others and build relationships and make disciples And share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Here's the one thing that I want to leave you with. God reveals himself to us so that we would reveal him to others. We started in 1 John, and I want to finish here in verse 3. 
Listen to what John says. What we have seen and heard. So what John has gathered in about Jesus and his relationship with Jesus. We also declare to you. You see, John had this news and he wasn't going to keep it to himself. He had, been, he had seen God. God had revealed himself to John. And he says, we're going to tell you about it so that you may also have fellowship with us. You see, God reveals himself to us, not just so that we'll have this great relationship with him, certainly not just so that we can gain more knowledge about God. There, there are a lot of great benefits to God's revelation of himself to us. We're saved through Jesus Christ, for goodness sakes. We have eternal life waiting for us. God's revelation to us is a beautiful and a life-changing thing. But it doesn't just end with me. It's not just between me and God. He says, I have revealed myself to you so that we can declare it to others. My brothers and sisters, my invitation to you is to take time this week to revel in the revelation to revel in hearing God's voice, to take joy in what he has seen. We're going to have some beautiful weather, it looks like, this week. Get outside and look at his natural revelation. Spend some time on your knees with the word of God open and revel in his special revelation, his, his written word. Take time to reflect on his Christological revelation and giving you and I Jesus Christ. Listen, don't hold on to it. Share the news. Declare this revelation. Declare what God has said to you so that others may know and enjoy the fellowship that you so gladly have welcomed. As we pray here, we want to just once again extend the invitation for uh, anybody who would like a, a chance to either have some uh, quiet time of prayer by themselves or like to be prayed with, uh, it, we want to invite you up as we uh, close and, and dismiss here. We'll have some folks up here that would love to uh, pray with you. And also, uh, just once again, moms, um, we celebrate you and we're thankful for you. And don't forget to grab your gift on the way out this morning. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, thank you that you speak. Thank you that you have pursued us. You have, have chosen to come after us. We don't have to sit back wishing that we were loved or cared about enough, that somebody important would make their time for us. The creator of the universe one who formed us in our mother's wombs, one who knows all the stars by name, one who transcends time, one who sees our hurts, sees our ugliness and our sin and the, the, the awful choices we've made, one who understands and sees it all. You have moved toward us. You have spoken. Oh, Lord, give us eyes to see and ears to hear. 
May we listen to your voice. May we not take for granted the scriptures that we have at hand. May we not take for granted the senses that you've given us to take in the shouts of your glory that surround us. God, thank you for revealing yourself to us. Thank you that you've pursued relationship with us, pursued friendship, pursued adoption of sons and daughters. They're glorious things. God, may your revelation not only impact us in the deepest parts of our being, but stir our hearts to share. You're a communicating God, a truth and love communicating God. May we be moved to be truth and love communicating people. May we share what we have so gratefully received. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now to him who is able to protect you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of his glory without blemish with great joy, to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, power, and authority before all time, now and forever. Amen. May God bless you this week as you go.